don't know. Podcasting is new. It feels like blogging. Podcasting is the community that I wish the Black Gay community could be. And this is Christian Busby Podcast, where we talk to the innovative, the daring, and the bold, providing informative topics for the Black LGBT. And, you know, every now and then you come across a fellow podcaster. This is my first time interviewing another podcaster. <laughs> I've never done it before. This is my first time. But at the same time, this is a person that has been around for quite some time looking at his history. He is one. He's an LGBT culture writer with over 10 million views to his blog. Um, he started journalism at the University of Memphis and also started giving his own opinions about the black gay men in particular. Uh, he's basically outspoken when it comes to talking on certain panels about black gay men on portrayal and media panel, which is actually uh, hosted by the Red Floor Foundation, the Pride for Next Generation with the Center of Black Equity, and also been uh, well, volunteered into the Out Memphis Community Center and also does free digital content management. Uh, man, okay, you doing a lot? <laughs> So, <laughs> um, I do, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And so this is, I am introducing Mr. Ronald Matters. How you doing, Ronald? Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, I was listening to your show and I was like, oh my gosh, he has great conversations. I need to figure out like how to connect with this guy. Yeah. You I know, I be, listen, I'm trying to compete. <laughs> no, oh, I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because I'm looking at, I'm looking at all of your content and you have been on YouTube, you have been on several. You have been on several outlets that actually kind of like surprised me for a little bit. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, this guy has been doing this far more years than I have. And so when I look at when I look at all this stuff, you started way before everybody else really got into it, you know. And what? Well, first off, I got to ask you, what made you get into? the social media, the the online, the blogging, what what made you get into this? 2005, I was starting at the University of Memphis um, journalism with a concentration in magazines, but um, people weren't really reading magazines that much anymore. Well, the talk about moving to online was going on. And so I was like, well, if I'm in school studying journalism, and when I get this degree, my starting salary is going to be 18000 to $23,000. I've got to get a move on what, what the next thing is going to be. So um, online writing was going to be the next thing. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just do what I can on my own to study what's going on and how to write for online while still studying and getting my basics in journalism and understanding how magazine writing works, but also giving myself how to writing will evolve in the future. Now, so this is before you even, nobody even really figured out how to make money on this stuff, right? Um, well, back in 2005, that was definitely not the case, but the blog didn't start until around 2010. Okay. Um, and around 2008-ish, 2009, I ended up dropping out of college um, like a really close to graduation. So then... What? Um, wait, knew, wait. You dropped I, out of, why'd you I, drop out of college? Um, summertime was coming up, and I had bills. And I know I couldn't go back home to the family house because I was a man then. I was... A, I was... I like to drink and go to the club, <laughs> and I like to bring boys back to the dorm room. Okay. And I just could give all... All in Memphis, Tennessee. No, you don't bring somebody home to your to your mama house. <laughs> Come on, you're punching them. No, 
<laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so I started the blog because I knew I was going to have to, I wanted to, I was highly interested in continuing my passion studying journalism. I was highly interested in where it was going because it was starting to pick up. Like Laughing Out Loud with Darian was a blog then. Um, and there was Rod 2.0. He was I re- a yeah, really I remember Rod 2.0. Blogger at the time. Uh-huh. And then there was a guy, I want to say he was talking about his HIV journey. I think his name was Kevin or something like that. Dang, I can't remember his name right now. Yeah. But there was, there was two or three. There was two or three. Yeah. And so um, I then so I said, okay, well, I'm looking at them, and then I know that I want to continue my passion for studying where journalism is going, so I will start the blog. I've been studying it in school. I've taken, I really took a lot of my core classes and did not take all of, like, I had, had taken none of my science classes, and I, I had taken one now. Like, I, when I was a student study journalism, I was like, what is all this fluff? What is, I, I want to come to school to learn. What general studies? Oh, what extra credit? What it was some other class of credit? I I took a majority of my my journalism courses. I and that's probably also another reason why I dropped out because I was like I have six credit hours of science to take. No, I'm not doing that. I I know the journalism industry. I know it. I can do it. Okay. Believing in myself, I, I did sound really confident. Okay. You sound yeah. You you really. But first off, I mean. To go into something that you really don't even know that much about, you really see a lot of self discovery. But at the same time, uh-huh. it takes a lot of confidence to continue to persevere through all that stuff, despite you know maybe not the non popularity. Well, first off, let's go to that popularity. In the very beginning, how was it received? How was what received? How was how was your blog received? How was everything that you were doing at um, that time? Well, you know, um, in the beginning, you as a new artist. Um, with no record label behind me. Um, I was sitting out here songs every day. No one was hearing my music. Okay, okay. And so then I I was like, okay. So but public relations and marketing is another, you know, concentration under the journalism umbrella. So then I was like, well, let's, let me sit here and look at YouTube for a couple hours and figure out how to market, how to market a website, how to market, you know, and so then I was like, okay, well, let me go see how um, Rod 2.0 is writing his headlines or um, how he's introducing his content, what kind of pictures he's using. So I had to use better photos. I had to write catchier headlines. I had to talk about various topics because everybody wasn't coming to see me talk about Obama all the time. Some people wanted to see some basketball wives and some Tammy Roman, you know, yeah. uh, or some Nene Leakes. So I had to start talking about more topics. And so just, um, and then Facebook and came out with like groups. And so Facebook groups really helped. Um, so it was quiet at first, but then with a little bit more study and self-discovery, as you called it, um, that's a good word, self-discovery. Self-discovery. <laughs> um, yeah, so with a little bit more, a little bit, just give a little bit more. It's always evolving and changing, and you get to grow with it or get left behind. You know, you could probably give a whole sermon in class in terms of, you know, your your knowledge in terms of seriously, how in terms of how you actually really 
came from the beginning in the very early part. And you probably, not even probably, but you did see the progression, not just in the platform, but also in yourself in terms of what it is yes. that of what takes what. Because, you know, like I said, if you actually go back to, you know, where you are today, 10 million, just let's, let's touch on that for a minute. 10 million on the blog, on your um, blog alone? Yeah, t 10 million views overall. Um, like a lot of people have supported the blog and come to see a lot of the different things I talk about. Um, I put out like the Black AIDS Institute released a study saying that uh, the HIV workforce was incompetent. Read this report. Ooh. And so a lot of people were saying like, oh, is Ronald Matters going against the Black AIDS Institute? But I was encouraging people to read the report. And yes. then, so then I put out another talk about something else about different research and things that are going on and so people are constantly people who work in HIV communities have said like thank God that you are doing this um, I've been approached by so many different counties all over the nation because they say like the people that work at these places really aren't that smart like these governments are run by old white men so when it comes to Betting, um high rates of HIV, like they don't really know what's what's going on, where to get information. And my blog was is of course for a lot of that, and I talk about this stuff on the podcast now. Um, so you know the podcast. Now I did, I did want to step into the podcast game a little bit. What made you get into podcasting? Um, progression of blogging. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've just always, always, I do magazines was dying, so I had to get into the writing and then the videos helped the doing videos helped the blog and then blogs started dying because people were getting their news on Instagram and listening to audiobooks. Um so and listening to podcasts. I was like, well, I'm not about to do an audiobook and <laughs> I don't I don't I have a real job. I can't sit up and update Instagram all day. So I'll just do my my writing on the side and do my make my podcast my main food, and so that's currently where I am. So now it, evolution. Now, well, you know, most it seems like that way that a lot of people who were blogging they automatically progress into something on YouTube or something as a podcast. So with your mm -hmm. audience, that actually that actually helped you a lot because they followed you. Is that correct? Um. Yes. Um. When I saw that. Um, there was like two or three people who I who I knew and followed doing it, but um, I really again thought I was just a pioneer in the game. I knew like kids three or four has to read, but like outside of that, I wasn't really listening to other podcasts. Uh -huh. But now that I'm doing it for real, I'm like, oh shit! I thought I was <laughs> at least going to be the Kelly of the group. And I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm not a full fairer. Where's my luggage? But you know, I'm just out here. Amongst the fray, but it's a beautiful thing because podcasting is the community that I wish the black gay community could be. Ooh, what way? What do you mean by that? I mean, there's just so much love. Like, I listen to your podcast, and you know, I listen to the John Effects podcast, I listen to the Outline podcast, the Boys Love Beyonce podcast, like so many different black gay podcasts, and like. We share each other's episodes across each other's timelines. And when someone says, hey, look at the podcast recommendations. You know, it, even with black gay businesses, if somebody said, hey, I'm looking to hire a DJ, black gay men are always on the latest in the music. True. And so, you know, like, 
no one's ever like, hey, I'm looking for um, a fashion designer. There's not a lot of people on Instagram shouting out other black gay fashion designers. We're all out here doing things, amazing things, and holding down day jobs. But no one's sharing the love or like, hey, support my friend doing this. I think that there could be more of that in the in our community. You know, I never I never thought about that. I never actually thought about that. And you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. And so, I mean, when it comes to even talking about, first off, just mental health, because a lot of your Here, uh, here and Now podcast is more pertaining to mental health. Is that correct? Um. Well, like the blog, we talk about a little bit of everything. We know that current events and sex keep people tuning in every week. Well, we definitely include um, bits and pieces of mental health in it. This week, um, I talked about um, October 5th being National Depression Screening Day. Definitely go to mentalhealthscreening.org or um, look at local hospitals around you and clinics to see what they're doing to participate um, in National Depression Screening Day. It's on the rise. So, you know, what? I'm just kind of curious. When you actually, when people talk to you about what it is you do, and, okay. you know, pretty much what I'm thinking to myself, because I looked at all the stuff that you were doing. I'm thinking to myself, OK, well, if someone walked up to him and say, what do you do? What is the normal first thing you normally tell them? Uh, That's what I thought you would say. <laughs> um, well, I, 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 I definitely claim blogger first. I'm very proud of my legacy with blogging. And um, I do I do the podcast as well. I'm a blogger and a podcaster. Um, I do some social media management work for different things on the side, like very low, like probably two or three clients overall. But um, I'm skilled in that because I've spent so much time marketing a blog and marketing a podcast. If you need some help getting, um, well, definitely supporting. You know, like started, things are starting up for a few companies and they say, hey, you do great work on Instagram. Can you manage my Instagram and post things to my Instagram or help me connect to a following on Facebook or something like that. Sure, I don't mind, you know, helping them find helping them find their target customer and reaching that target customer as they need to. Yeah, you know, because um, that's the I'm thinking to myself. All right, when you actually you know tell somebody's telling me exactly what it is that I do, I really do have to stop and think for a minute because I I don't maybe do enough mm-hmm. on social media and everything, but I do a lot of stuff even within the community. I'm thinking to myself, okay. What's my thirty second commercial? You know, the, the, oh, the, your elevator, elevator. Your pitch. elevator. What is your elevator pitch? And I'm thinking to myself. I'm looking uh-huh. at all the things to do. I'm thinking, what would be Ronald's elevator pitch? <laughs> That's why I had to ask that question. It's not like a a community. There's usually a community something. A com- I'm not an activist per se. I mean, I have walked in marches and stuff, but I mean, that's not my everyday. Um, I don't know. I just play blogger. Okay. Blogger, culture writer. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Now I need to think about this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. The, 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 the thirty second elevator pitch because I'm thinking to myself, okay, clear. You have a lot of work that's doing something. I like, but when I see some of your your posting, first off, your your website it definitely covers a lot. You have a lot of pertaining mm-hmm. to entertainment, but also pertaining to uh, what people really need to know. And that's that's what usually attracts me in terms of getting people to know what they should know. You know. And mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, observe your work on that. But definitely, like I said, when it comes to the YouTube, which I had looked, I didn't know you were doing that for seven years. That that's about seven uh, years you were doing it, right? Um, I did it 
off and on for a good five. Um, okay. I did a lot of basketball wise reviews, and I did some gay stuff here and there. Um, gay movies everyone should see. I think I did two videos about that. Um, and then I also did the, um, when it first came out, the HIV test at home. Okay. I was so nervous about uh, that because it had just came out, and I was like, I'm going to go to Walgreens, and I'm going to pay $50 for the test, and I'm going to take it on YouTube because I want to let gay men to know that um, even with all the, I don't think my doctor likes gay men or there's not anywhere close to me I can go in my um, community. You can go to a Walgreens or a CVS and you can take the test at home by yourself. And I sat there reading the instructions on YouTube and I, what did I have to do? I had to prick my finger or something? And then I sat there and I waited for the results below and just imagine sitting there on YouTube like, I hope this comes back negative because if it comes back positive, do I still upload the video? Right, right. <laughs> but I, I wanted for black gay men to know that you can do it. And so, like, the comments were very encouraging. Like, oh, okay, I see that you can do it. I know that I can do it. So, you know, a lot of thumbs up on that video. I think he got 8,000 okay. views. So, because nice. I know that that's not going to be something everybody's searching for. So I'm happy with my 8,000 views about taking the HIV test at home. You know, I I think it's I think it's to me I, I don't know I guess for for me maybe you know you share the same thing when it comes to having a platform like this um, to, to at least be able to kind of reach a lot of people thousands of people that you you know never really really even thought that you would actually would reach that at some point of a social stand on something or social uh, uh, issues to bring up it makes total sense to do it and I think that to me it, it makes. It makes sense to be able to not use just to simply for, you know, spilling the tea or kiki in and everything like that, but you also use it as a platform to be able to, to be more of awareness. And that, that makes sense. And that's one of the things I do admire with you. Now, through the years that you have been doing this, I get which I'm actually very curious to kind of get your opinion. What have you observed about the gay, the black gay community? One thing in particular that gets on my nerves is we want um, these filmmakers to make great, amazing gay short films um, that's not all about sex and it's not about this or whatever their disdain is. And then I say, hey, you guys, I just watched this amazing short film about black love. Yes, there's one sex scene, but it's really about, you know, accepting each other from where they came from, where they are right now, and where they have the potential to go. The comments would be, well, there wasn't enough sex in that. I can't believe you had. I had to fast forward to the sex. <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, when you say you want better content, but then, like, now people are enthused with chasing Dallas and chasing Atlanta, where it, where it's like five years ago, if there was a wretched gay show on the internet, people was like, we are better than this. We should be better than this, and we deserve better than this. Yeah. Oh, okay. You gotta be honest about what y'all really want. Yeah. It's just so draining. Trying to figure it out. You know what? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I, I, maybe like two months ago, I okay. so I did see uh, the reunion. Because, <laughs> well, of course, I mean, T.S. Madison, you know, I, you know, I, I follow uh -huh. T.S. But the thing about I it is, when I saw the reunion, I'm thinking, 
my god okay so wait a minute <laughs> i didn't know that this was actually i'm not talking the show down i'm just saying it was it was surprising to me so is for, so from your opinion is there a division between the age group the because we all find ourselves in different age groups is there a particular age group that's more leading where the lgbt community is going more than others i think it's i think it's fair i mean like i just turned 30 like if I was between nineteen and twenty four, I would be amazed by Chasing Atlanta and Chasing Dallas. Um, but just you know, like even someone forty three, I'm sure it's, he's like, you know, we waited so long to see our images of ourselves, and this is what is going on. You know, as yeah. a as a forty three year old, you're probably like Chasing Atlanta is ridiculous. But shout out to the producers of that. Um, franchise because like he's like a black gay mom of God. Can he do a chasing Miami next? <laughs> <You know? laughs> the content is reaching people. Um Terry Theory who hosts um, in Theory Podcast, shout out to him. Um he just hosted the reunion for Chase of Dallas and I immediately reposted and I regret shout out to you. Because you know, um he's creating opportunities for other black gay men who work in media, other black gay men who work in fashion design, they have platforms. That's what everybody else is doing. Cindy Leaks has swag boutique and she's sitting up on HSN selling out. Thank you for creating a platform for people who are chasing Dallas and chasing Atlanta. Give them platforms so we can be just as great. Okay. Okay. So now when you see so basically when it comes to you choosing what to talk about, is there a particular thing that matters to me? Say it again? Things that matter to me. Exactly. Things and what normally matters to Ronald. Um, well, um, back when I, you know, I feel like this, the ages of things coming back, I really did care about a lot of, um, morning meat. I talked about that on the blog. Um, I talked about a lot of reality TV, but, um, now I'm really interested in like education and research, more, more research than the plus stuff. Like one of the top posts right now on the blog is about prep use in the military, um, 87% of the users are LGBT men, but even in the military, like, y'all aren't smart. Since y'all go to school, didn't the military pay for y'all to go to school? And a lot of the doctors in the military hospitals are saying they're not properly educated. That's what I care about. Because wow. a lot of these military men have, um, you know, they go do these tours here and there in Iraq or wherever they're doing tours now, but, you know, they're out in, um, where was, somebody just came back from somewhere. Where did he come from? The Middle East. He just came back. He has all this money. Of course, you go about Camaro, you're partying. You are more likely to engage in what's deemed as reckless, quote-unquote, be engaged in reckless sex. But you need to know you got all this money. You're doing all these things. What about financial, financial literacy for the black community? We... Black, well, gay people overall earn a lot of money. We need to be helping people become more financially literate than teaching them about, okay, so the word key means this, but when you say what key, it, it means this. Right. You know, like we need to be more excited to talk about <laughs> more research. I feel like I'm getting old. I just want to talk about reality <laughs> TV and fight. No. I want to talk about smarter things. I want to have smarter conversations. Right. 
Well, it's not, you know, I, it sounds like to me, Ronald is just growing up a little bit more. That's all, right? <laughs> yeah, and so I'm hoping everybody who listened to me when I was singing No, No, No will be growing up with me when I'm married and have three kids. And my husband cheated on me. We're going on tour <laughs> to talk about it. I hope my audience is growing up with me like that. Yeah, but you know, that's a good question when it comes to you know discovering your audience. I mean, what... Who do you mainly find is really the people who are listening to? You find is it mostly just a younger audience or finding mostly just a mixture of everybody? Um, it's mostly black gay men. When I had the blog, because of course I um, talked about a lot of different things, I had like a 11 to 12% female audience. But even then, it was still a lot of men. Uh, uh, yeah. So I'm excited because that, that is what I talked about. Well, that is my target audience, things that matter to me as a black gay man. So I continue to talk about that. Even in podcasting, um, there, there are a few women who listen. Um, I, we have like two or three lesbian listeners that stand out. Um, and even two or three heterosexual women have left comments about episodes. So I'm excited about that, and I think that's great. But I want to speak to black gay men. That's, uh, that's where I am. I'm strong in that. Now, in in the in the process of blogging and process of YouTubing and process of all that, you know, you've had quite an adventure. You know, you've had. I think uh, last time I read Rihanna, she actually tweeted uh, a link directly to your blog. Is that correct? Oh yes, and it was so like my mentions was so crazy. Um, I had randomly shared. You know, like I'm talking about everything under the sun, and there was this guy in this ambulance who was just having this amazing time. Um, the radio station had played like a Vogue mix to S&M or something like that. Yeah. And you know, I, I was, it was just a cute, cheerful moment. Um, so I shared it and then Rihanna retweeted it and said, this paramedic guy is the reason why I would never stop. So, you know, like as a music artist, you want people to enjoy your music. So, and then the, it was featured on his local news station. Um, he was embarrassed, but the, I don't think the paramedic company fired him because he was he was having a ball. He was. I, was like, oh I, I think I know a video. So <laughs> I did see this video. I did see. <laughs> yeah. So it was another video that went like really wild. I was sitting at work one day and there was a guy in a green wig um, who was giving a recap of a, an accident to the news, uh, the local news station. And I just randomly shared that video. It, it wasn't really getting any views before I posted it. It was like in Jackson, Mississippi. This guy looked really crazy to a lot of people. So, and he was just really flagrant. Girl, they were spinning around like a hurricane, girl. I'm not waiting for the king, but I had to stop, girl. I had to give me a piece of burger. But then <laughs> it turns out that that guy had a small moment on the internet. And then he ended up getting arrested for fraud claims, credit fraud or something. Ooh. I don't oh. quote me to that. But he did get charged with something like the week after that video went viral. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I contributed to that. Well, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious. When it, when it comes to moments like that, when people actually, uh, you, know, you know, react to the videos you post, do you really think about the influence and the power that you really have when you do these things? Well, I... Well, in the moment, in the immediate moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, here's a guy having fun to a boat with Rihanna in the ambulance at work. We 
all have been at work, and our phone comes on, we can't help ourselves. So okay. that was a cheerful, lighthearted moment. I wasn't expecting for it to like go viral, viral. I wanted the black gay girls in the boat thing to be like, yes, please, jam in your band. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I somehow it got. But Rihanna also like goes to like the the latex ball and stuff like that. So the, it got to her and she saw it in Castle. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that Rihanna saw it, you acknowledged it, man, enjoying her music. But now when the local news station goes to his house, I'm like, well, I guess they got to because it's going viral one. Then Rihanna endorsed it too. So now the local news station is excited. You know, I, I'm just, wow. <laughs> I, I'm speechless too. I'm speechless as well. <laughs> Now, now, see, even when, when these moments of surprising, like I think, uh, I think I also saw where somebody, I think one of the Real Housewives, Real Housewives of Atlanta, threatened you or something like that. Oh, um, I was definitely um, like Funky Dineva and the lady who runs straight from the A dot com. Uh-huh. All of us, he's um, in the fifth letters for talking about Chateau Sheree while it was still in shambles. What? So, yeah, she sent me one. I think Phaedra Parker sent me two. I shouldn't say spoke like this out loud. But I think Phaedra Parker sent me two she sent the fifth letter. Wow. Wow. So when you receive, um, again, talk about your power. When you receive things like that, what what's the first thing that really comes to your mind? Uh, I don't know if I can cuss. But Go ahead. It's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Let me talk about this thing because I am famous. You know, like, I've run my little blog and I do it because things that matter to me. So, like, when I get, like, a real letter from a lawyer from a famous person on TV, let me call my friend. Bitch, I am famous. <laughs> but what do I do because I'm not trying to get sued? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm thinking to myself. Okay, that is kind of surprising when you actually get a cease and desist letter uh, directly. That means that really does kind of, you know, kind of give more validity in terms of how much influence that social media is now gone and how much you play a part, especially within the LGBT community. So when you see all those things occurring, and you kind of say to yourself, "Man, you know, this is actually a platform that I've been doing very well in." Is there another category, another chapter? for Ronald Matters? I mean, do you see yourself on TV? Do you see yourself, um, you know, in, in Hollywood? What's the next chapter? Oh, my gosh. All that is too famous. Um, no, I I would, I can't deny that I would like for um, my writing and podcasting or whatever my media work is to pay the bills because that's what I went to school and study. I still have all the two loans. Um, <laughs> so, but, I mean, like, Mm-hmm. No, because there's too many pieces of this letter that they actually have to have a lawyer on file and all that. I don't have. I don't have. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it, but don't you see it as a part of an evolution of where your where your career is going? Um, I don't know. I don't like right now. I'm really excited to eventually have a first live show for Here for a podcast with my co-host at the Superman. Um, we just launched T-shirts with some pitch phrases for my podcast. Nice. Um, I'm excited about those things. Like um, one hit song at a time. I, I that's where I'm at. One one, one hit, hit song at a time. One hit song at a time. Yeah. Well, you know, let me tell you, now. Now, also, when it comes to you know, when you see other blogs and see other po- podcasts, what makes mm-hmm. Ronald Matters work stand out more than others? Um, 
I don't know. I just I'm I'm confident in my voice. I'm confident in the things that I have to say. Um, I've gone to enough um, HIV conferences where we discuss everything under the sun. I've done enough. I get enough emails from um, mental health professionals um, telling me to say things better next time. Say it this way. Um, you know, because I also reach out to mental health professionals. I don't know everything. I could be a little depressed myself or a little bipolar. Uh, so, <laughs> and I'm undiagnosed. So if I'm talking about um, something heavy, I definitely have like people on in my phone that I text and call and you know. So I'm confident in my voice and the things that I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like a lot of. I don't. Not to say like I'm better than people, but I don't know if a lot of other podcasters are doing the same amount of research that we do on hip hop podcasts like having a sexual having the sexual health segment is really important and it was really important that i find someone who was in the medical field and my close friend is a nurse so it's like that helps with um our validity in what we're saying and that's really important to me so um well, one thing's for sure. I mean, I, I definitely see a lot of people recognizing you as well. You know, you're definitely being recognized for your work by you know, Black LGBT uh, Power 100. You've also queer mm-hmm. five Black LGBTQ blogs. Uh, just basically start out. Also, you've been read by um, one. Of the, I think both lists that we're on. But no, correction. I'm not on the list. I'm amongst the directory. Uh, but you, <laughs> you are on. Um, I believe a uh, podcast of color. Uh, the list that yeah. uh, you know, but the top uh, for 2017. When you normally get recognized like that, what do you, what's the first thing that really kind of comes through your mind like that? Um, to be named one of the top 100 podcasts of 2017, I was like, oh my gosh, we were like six, seven months in when she told me that we were going to be doing it, but we were a part of it, and I was like, we have only been a podcast for like six, seven months, and we are already out here being recognized. It's one of the top 100 podcasts of the year, the largest um, direct theory for podcasts by people of color. I was like, that, and that's so much more to me because it's not just, you know, like iTunes saying, like, you charted this week. I mean, it's cool, but like for people of color to be recognizing us, it was amazing. Um, Medium.com featured us in like one of the top eight, six positive podcast that you need to be listening to or some fancy jargon title they use <laughs> that was really exciting as well because i'm just like what look at us look at us we're just just staying true and doing our work we yeah. really do our work it's really staying committed to our work and everything else will come the grants will come uh, you know the riaa certification will give us our set flex but just do your work do your work make the song great you know, make, okay, now so so new people coming in because it's a lot of a lot of knowledge. You know, like I said, you've been doing this for quite some time. So with mm-hmm. that, what exactly? Is, of course, we of course do the work. But what do you mean by do the work? Give me top five things when a person who's listening said, "I want to follow what Ronald is doing and how he got there." Give me top five oh. things that people can walk away from. Consistency, no matter what you're doing. Consistency. Um. Two. Um. Know two and three. Know what your audience wants. Know what your audience wants. And the third thing is knowing when to give it to them. Um, people are more likely to receive messages about HIV at a certain time of day. If I'm at work, I'm and I'm on the train commuting, 
I I know that then my friend has a little blog, but I don't want to hear about HIV right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so knowing what they want, knowing what they need, and what to give it to them. Number four, um, drink tequila or smoke your weed <laughs> or whatever you need to do to get in the groove. Because if your heart is not in it, other people can tell. Uh, that's interesting. <laughs> I, that's it. I never heard of that one. Just yeah, you know, if your heart's not in it, people can tell. Okay, all right. And I'm like, okay, you guys, today we're going to talk about Like, what the fuck is he talking about? I mean, what is he talking about? I'm just thinking about this. You need to get yourself, if you don't like listening to emotions about Mariah Carey, get you in the group. Please do that before you press record, before you sit down to write. But, okay, just four. And the last thing is, um, Five things. I don't know. <laughs> do your research. Do your research. Hey, no, that's, that was, there you go. That's, that's another one there. Do your research. That was just, that was just talking about. So you <laughs> be out here being loud and wrong. So there's no reason to upload this to SoundCloud and get a premium plan if you're going to be up here talking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I mean, well, think about it because I think do a lot research. of people, you know, the reason why I'm, I, mean, I was asking top five because I think a lot of people really come into the game thinking they're just going to start off being popular and they're mostly looking at their numbers and not really paying attention to the content. And mm-hmm. so that was, that was I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Ronald could speak louder on this than anything. So, oh. <laughs> so I mean, now for the next, for the next, you know, for the next few years, you know, right now until you figure out the next chapter, uh, of course, live, I don't know how you're going to do live. What, what, what made you think about live? What made live is going to be, you know, one of those things We're that, you know. We're getting so you... many messages from people to come to their cities. <laughs> We're getting so, I, I probably can put like 50 emails right now. Like, when are you coming? When are you coming to this city? When are you coming to, like, Atlanta really want like, um, let's see, there's Brooklyn, Washington, D.C., because we're here. Um, Houston, Texas, Atlanta, and who will be number five? Like, there are some cities that are, like, really handy in our cities and our top listeners, and they really want to see both of us come and do a live show. Like, because we are so, like, we have a few YouTube videos, and we have patreon.com forward slash your boy pod, where you get some bonus video content. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I really want to see this interaction in person. Like, it's like, the things that come out of my co-host now. Oh my God. <laughs> and then, of course, he's like reacting to the things that are coming out of my mouth because, like, I'm like a power bottom and I'm confident in it. And I think first of the people are the devil. You need to be a top or a bottom. And you, need to, you know, like, best increasing your eye feel, best increasing your health risk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so, you know, like, we're, and we're really strong in our opinions and the way that we look at each other when we're talking. People see that on our few videos and they're just like y'all are a hoot y'all are <laughs> you know one thing's for sure I can tell you know because I've when I've listened to a couple of podcasts uh, with you guys I'm thinking yeah you know and, and sometimes I think man maybe I should get a partner again but eh never mind I'll just keep it away <laughs> I, I really like the sound like I enjoyed the conversation should we stop using the word gay um, I think the point oh I really enjoyed the conversation that you guys had, but there was like five or six voices. It sounded like yeah, and I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. But I think y'all missed where I think when the term queer should be used instead of the term gay. 
because a lot of trans people feel like everything is always gay this, gay that, gay this, gay that. Even, um, and like the trans people don't feel included. Um, bisexuals don't always feel included and they don't, especially with the word gay, they don't want to just claim the word gay because it's a popular word. So saying the word queer sometimes um, and when discussing representation makes it more inclusive. But I I thoroughly enjoyed every moment of you guys having your discourse about, well, to me, it means this, and to me, gay means that, because that's the conversation we need to be having. You know, I mean, when I when I when I first started a podcast and I had a crew, you know, that was one thing that mm-hmm. that was that was one thing that we wanted to tackle. You know, let's let's tackle particular topics that people may find of interest. And I and it's kind of funny because even though it's almost it's over two years, those podcasts still are kind of ranked pretty high for me. And I, you know, I really appreciate that. So I do appreciate you listening. Now the next question that it comes to, you know, when it comes to new podcasters, because podcasters come and go. A lot of them come and go, and they really don't necessarily understand that it's the what's the work ethic behind it. What would you say that your journey into the podcast, because you're still fairly new, what has been your journey into this into this podcast field? It's not about the money. <laughs> like it wasn't for blogging, so I think I accepted that early. <laughs> um, when I have a good viral video or two or somebody's new leaked on the blog, it could be a good $200, but like when that moment dies down in, in social media, I mean, the chicks go back to what they were going to be except what they were at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely in podcasting, um, tips for new podcasters, be serious. Um, you have to have two episodes before you can upload to Apple Podcasts. So you might as well put your two, put one, put two episodes out when you first get started. Mm-hmm. Your best to be available on all platforms. Uh, and then after that, marketing. You've really got to market. You have to figure out what other people in podcasting are doing and how they successfully market their podcasts and emulate those things. Even if they're in different categories like um, political podcasts do really great marketing because they know they need to include fancy video graphics and all of that so cool if you like the video graphics then you need to either sit down and learn how to edit a video or you need to pay somebody to do it but I guess since I have a face and I've already done YouTube videos I can I can get on my Instagram or my Facebook video and say hey you guys a new podcast episode and people don't listen but how I market and how you will need to market are two different things. Exactly. So, um, do your do your work. <laughs> all right, and last but not least, that's because... really that's really all I got. Yeah. What tips do you have? No, I want to hear what because you've been doing it for a while. Well, I know. Hmm. Well, you, and, you know. Well, it's it's not often I get questions from guests. All right, <laughs> so you kind of took me off by that. Um, Honestly, I, you know, be but the thing about it is, you know, for me. I, I look at it as there's a taste for everything, meaning some people like Red Lobster, some people like Ruth Chris, some people like Burger King, oh. some people like... So there's a taste when it comes to podcasts, there's an array of taste. It is up to you exactly which mood you're in. Because the topics that I talk about may not necessarily be what people want to be in all the time, you know? I'm going to talk about serious topics, and sometimes I'm going to actually just bring on guests that I think that a lot of people that never really hear that they never really hear from 
they can be able to hear at least on my show, you know? So okay. that's the that's the thing that I like because people are able to, um, hopefully I ask questions that are really engaging, but more so than that, ask sometimes some tough questions because they probably don't get it too much on the outside because usually the interviews that they get are usually 15-minute, five-minute little bleeps to where I can be able to get them at least for 30 minutes to an hour, and they dedicate their okay. time strictly to me, and I can be able to ask those questions that they probably don't get from the outside as much. So that's the good part about it, you know. So I like I know that the people who are going to listen to my podcast, they have a different taste, but I like bringing different oh. guests to also fulfill that taste. Okay. That's good. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, and add that one to what I said. <laughs> I said that. You didn't say that. All right, Ronald. You know, I, I enjoyed, you know, I, hold on. I got one more last question because you've been doing blogging for years. And sometimes oh, I'm thinking, and I'll be honest with you, I attempted blogging. I attempted, and then I said, <sighs> I'm done. <laughs> it was just that. So what keeps you blogging? What keeps you blogging? Um, in the beginning, it was trying to learn. And now that I've learned, I feel like I need, I need everybody else to know this. Everybody else to know it. And so that keeps me going. Um, like when there's new, like I'm, I'm serious about like finding new research and making sure that it gets out there. I get in all these Facebook groups with like 18,000 and 20,000 members and I share what I have to say or I refresh it or, you know, I need to make sure that people at different times of the day are getting to see this across their screen. I'm on Twitter a lot, so just make sure that people know that uh, there's really are saying one and two if we don't get our HIV under control, our HIV rate under control. I, we, we are too smart, we are too beautiful. And we have too much to give the world for us to be one and two. That's for sure. That's true. Well, one thing's for sure, Ronald, you have definitely made this uh, and a learning podcast also for me. Is that sometimes you you get guests because you just want to talk about what they're doing. But quite frankly, I couldn't take, I couldn't lose the opportunity because of all those years of you doing this, it makes a lot of sense to be able to kind of ask those things so a lot of people could be able to take something away from it as well. But one thing's for good, shout out to you and your success. You're doing very well in what you do. So I know much more things, whether you want to hear it or whether you're ready for it or not, bigger things are coming your way. So I appreciate you coming on the show, Ron. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm so excited to be on here. No problem, no problem. And this is Christian Brothers Peace Podcast signing off with Mr. Ronald Matters, because that's all who matters, right? Uh, <laughs> you guys, you have a wonderful day, all right? <laughs>